Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you yes, you in the game. Yay. Will and Ollie, we're in the studio together, buddy. Woo-hoo. Isn't that very exciting? And coming up on the show today, we're going to review Thursday night football. Can the Browns get their first win of the season? Yes. We're going to look forward to all of Sunday and Monday's games. And we're going to be speaking with Joe Tooney of the New England Patriots and maybe Luke Wilson of the Detroit Lions as well. This is the Gridiron Show. Hello, welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips getting you. Yes, you. In the game, if you are thinking about planning a trip out to the States, really, the only option is to go with Ben Mortimer and Touchdown Trips. You know, It'd be I'm, ridiculous to do anything else. If I wasn't going already, yeah, I would 100% book a, t- a trip. The Packers, UK Packers guys, have got three separate trips with, uh, with Ben from touchdown trips getting you yes you in the game three separate (laughs) you don't have to say oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay sorry but those guys have got trips to lambo the home of football so um there are loads you can go to pretty much i think you go to any nfl team can you just hear that distant sound it's the sound of every Vikings, Bears and Lions fan turning the podcast off and unsubscribing. <laughs> the so- home of football. Soldier Field's a great place and I also love um, I also love Minnesota, so you can go to those places too. Not high in Detroit, the not- home of Sunday night football this week? I've not been to Detroit. Oh, that's fair. If you've not been, then you can't say that you love it. But you, we did love Minnesota despite the cold and we did love uh, ourselves a bit of a... Uh... I think because of the cold, I liked Minnesota. Ooh, okay. I thought it was great. Okay. Didn't you think it was great? Here we go. Uh, yeah, no, I did. I had a great time in Minnesota. It was brilliant. It was it, so cold. It was so cold. But <laughs> it did it did restrict some of the things we could do. I'd like to have been there in spring or autumn rather than the worst bit of winter. That would have that just that's just all I'm saying. It's a lovely place. Uh, do you know what? Maybe go two months later. If I go back, that's when I'd like to go. But I th- I thought it was perfect going when we did. I like being in the in the freezing tundra. I, it was brilliant. All right. I don't know why you're complaining. All right. Sorry. No, fair enough. Sorry. Nah, you know, can't help it. No, 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 it's all good. good. (laughs) Uh, So, right, coming up on the show today. So, we've got interviews lined up. (laughs) This is really frustrating. Because, as you know, me and Ollie do Sunday Night Football on Talk Sport. We've got the... um, we, We have the... Uh, Patriots Lions game this weekend, and so we reached out to both the teams. And oh, Joe, by the way, I hate that term "reach out." Oh, okay, it's sorry. Real corporate, like horrible. yeah, that was. I, I went a little bit. Da- I ex- sound like David Brent because of my stupid red accent. My ex-wife used that term to me uh. this week. It, th- she is the worst person on the planet, by the way. But reach getting out, worse as well. Oh, she's getting worse. But reach out is up there with the one of the worst terms on the planet. We got in contact with the Lions and the Patriots to try and get. A player on from a each. Player on, yeah. So, um, but they both came back to us and offered us a player. Great. Good player as well. Joe Tooney, a player who started every single, I think he took every single snap of his rookie season at guard as they went to beat the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. I spoke to him in the locker room after that game. So, kind of nice to speak to him again a year and a half later. Plus, he can tell us all about Josh Gordon in training which would be good. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Luke Wilson, tight end of the uh, of the Detroit Lions. Obviously, recently travelled over from Seattle. Difference between those two, working under Matt Patricia, working with Matt Stafford. Loads of great talking points. Yeah, yeah. Except they literally offered us the exact same window <laughs> for the interview. 
So we're going to try and get both interviews done and bring them both to you on this podcast, but it might end up being one or the other. And it's going to be a super secret fun mystery as to who it's going to be later in the show. Yeah, so... Stay tuned, guys. We'll also have um, uh, Red Zone Sports. We'll have the betting at the end of the show for you as well. That's where you've been this morning. Bet. Morning, isn't this it? morning, yeah. This I was over there morning. with Warren hanging out. Uh, and uh, and lots, lots more. So um, shall we do this thing? Yeah, I don't think there's much news to speak of. So let's just get into it. Let's get get started on what I think is a, another brilliant set of six o'clock games. The Sunday games are fantastic this weekend. But firstly... We need to look back on Thursday night football. Oh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In our true Scooby Doo ending style. It's, um, <laughs> it's about 4.50 in the morning, and the Cleveland Browns now haven't won a game, not in 635 days, but in about eight minutes. The Cleveland Browns are one, one, and one. And why? Because. They won a game of football and they did it behind rookie quarterback Baker Mayfield, no less. Uh, look, I ended up making extensive notes on this game because I just had a feeling something special was going to happen. So I'm going to run it down for you. First quarter, defensive battle, one for the purists. Some good plays, but nothing too showy, nothing too big to talk about. Jets score off the block punt. Uh, Crowell with a rushing touchdown then a really good drive from Sam Darnold after a three and out from Tyrod 10 plays 63 yards Crowell two yard rush Jets 14 nothing down the first thing to be really clear on is the Cleveland Browns do not win if Tyrod was still in the game he was so poor before the the concussion he was I think one of seven at one point he overthrew Antonio Callaway on on two potential long touchdowns now one of them was a terrible lack of pass interference call uh, which Pereira tried to tell us on the on the game cast was uh, not a no interference because the guy was looking at the ball he ran straight into Callaway that was unfair and Tyrod didn't throw a terrible ball but had he led him it would have been a touchdown second one oh he would have been streaking out into the wide open. Real, real shame. So, Tyrod takes sack, head hits the ground, goes in for concussion protocol. Baker Mayfield comes in for the two-minute drill, and the place goes insane. Joe Thomas's reaction on the sideline was amazing. The stadium just came completely alive. And, and importantly, Mayfield was trusted with the two-minute drill. Admittedly, it's simplified play call, simplified defence, but the, and the classic kind of numbered. But he was out there and running, running it all from the line. He was running up to the line. 1-1-1, one, 3-3-3, one, one, three, 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 whatever player he wanted to call, he was calling. It, it, that first drive included a great pass to Landry, a slightly wobbly pass behind Njoku, but completed it. He was then strip sacks. Is it me or is the two-minute fumble rule absolute rubbish? Joel Batonio could have got a nine-yard gain. It was amazing. A real shame. But he gets him back into field goal range off the next play after the sack with a real nice tight window throw to Jarvis Landry. Maybe should have thrown a bit low to Antonio Callaway on the sideline and he could have made a play. But the field goal was nailed. 14-3 and the stadium were acting like he's just scored yeah, 20 points on one drive somehow. Uh, second half came out against a full defence. So not those simplified two-minute looks. 14 of 19, 158 yards, but two rushing touchdowns from Carlos Hyde. And most importantly, 
a Browns win. Uh, the offense itself was pretty quick strike, nothing too overcomplicated. Mayfield was getting the ball out quickly, which was nice to see. Progressed through two or three reads a couple of times, and in one play on the first drive of the half, well, which ended in a punt, but he scrambled absolutely brilliantly outside the pocket to the right, ended up having to sidestep the pressure of Jordan Jenkins, who had got the strip sack earlier, found Duke Johnson on third down at the sideline for the first down. It was an absolute highlight play, showed everything we loved about Mayfield in college. There were three turnovers in total in the um, in the second half from the Browns. The first of all, Denzel Ward's forced fumble, which led to the field goal. Admittedly on there, Mayfield could have been picked on third and goal, trying to force it into Jarvis Landry. Wasn't gets the reprieve. Then they get a three and out of their own and you get an excellent quick fire. Seven play, two minute 50, 69 yard drive, which ended in a brilliant catch from Jarvis Landry on the one, a 29 yard, nine yard completion on a street route. Baker gave him his best chance to make it, threw it into the only place Landry could high point the ball. Hyde gets the one yard run. We are within two points. And what happens? Two-point conversion, wild card snap to Duke Johnson, oh sorry, made loud, reverse to Jarvis Landry, who threw it to Baker Mayfield for the touchdown, 14 apiece, Jets come out, pretty good drive from Darnold, including a really nice third and 10 completion, he showed some great maturity on the night, he did have some really good plays, Darnold wasn't poor uh, by any comparison, but he was forced to settle for the 28-yard yard field goal, the Browns standing up in the red zone, their defence playing well again, 17-14, and the Browns come out, 15 plays, 75 yards, 6.52, and another short yardage touchdown for Carlos Hyde, 21 17, that's what the final score was. And on that drive, we had a couple of really good plays again. Good third down completion to Duke Johnson on third and five at midfield. Uh, he led Callaway for a potential downfield strike after Callaway had those two earlier underthrown balls. This one was on the money. It was a harder catch maybe than the others would have been, but Callaway drops it, makes up for it on a third and ten. Mayfield throwing a couple of yards short to the stick, but Callaway made some great efforts to get for the first. Mayfield and Landry showed some really good chemistry. There was a fantastic eight-yard completion over the middle with some really tough underneath coverage. They threw into a really tight window that got them down to pretty much the goal line. Hyde runs it in. Hyde looked good all night. 98 yards, two touchdowns. And then Joel Schubert picks Sam Darnold to apparently kill the game. But the Browns were just what they needed. Just one first down, end up going three and out. My heart can't take it at this point. And surely you're not going to Browns it. And then the Jets try to force it. Downfield throw. Terrence Mitchell picking off the deep ball. The game is dead. And the Cleveland Browns have their first win in 635 days. And I need to go to bed. That was Thursday Night Football. It was. It's going to be ridiculous to say this now after you've just heard me, maybe me and Ollie, we might figure it out, who knows, talking about Thursday night football, but I think the Browns are going to get their first win in 635 days tonight. Yeah, I think so as well. And that's no offence to Jets fans, and I'm probably wrong already, as you've already heard. I just think that Browns defence over the first two weeks has been good enough to be 2-0. and Rookie quarterback, okay, great receiving options and stuff, but I just think it's set up that that one unit could win the game for them. Although they should have won the game for them in New Orleans and they should have won the game for them against Pittsburgh as well. So there you go. Uh, Right. Six o'clock games this weekend and they are a cracking slate of six o'clock games. As uh, Ollie pointed out, where do you want to start, Ollie? Well, across my timeline with uh, Atlanta Falcons fans, the the Atlanta Falcons um, Twitter account itself, 
they're bigging up this rivalry between hashtag Falcons, hate Saints week hashtag hate Falcons Falcons week. and the Saints and in one tweet I saw them refer to the saints not by name but by the stop emoji you know like a the, the circle the red circle with a mm-hmm. with a line kind of diagonal line they wouldn't even name the saints in their tweet <laughs> which i thought was brilliant uh, but it's such a it's such a huge rivalry and i think both teams almost this game it, the, the saints maybe need it more than the falcons as a win but after they're stuttering start to the season but yeah losing and then nearly losing to the browns is a bad way to be and i think the saints are really really missing mark ingram i know alvin kamara is a do-it-all guy but the fact that you had the change of pace the fact that you could have two backs in the backfield both doing different things both who could both catch who can both run ahead who can both catch out of the backfield on swings and I, I really think that when he comes back after game four, that's when their offense is going to get firing. However, in this game with Atlanta, now with missing Levitre as well as missing the key pieces on defense they'd had injured previously, I think Michael Thomas over the middle could have an absolute field there against the Falcons. Falcons obviously had that huge shootout last week, back, back and forth with the Panthers. Got going in the red zone. They had to do it by Matt Ryan rushing touchdowns, which is a rarity, but it's great to see them trying something a bit different. I just feel like the Saints going into Atlanta, like you say, need it that little bit more with the huge rivalry. I think Atlanta could fall to one and two and, and the Saints could come away with a win here. Oh, I'm I'm thinking actually the Falcons might do this. They're starting to grow into their building. The fans are starting to buy into it. There's more of a, tw- not a 12th man there, but they're, they're starting to be more of a factor. Uh, I really love what Tevin Coleman's doing. I know Levitre's missing up front, but with Ito Smith... Saints con- pass rush has been non-existent despite moving up in the first round to get a pass rusher. Exactly, exactly that. Matt Ryan looks really good last week, and they're starting to figure out that they don't need to throw to Julio Jones in the red zone let's just throw it to Calvin Ridley or get um, get Matt Ryan to run it in so for me and I, also I thought the Falcons defense was actually quite good last week against the Carolina Panthers for me I think the Falcons may win and that's what I'm going for on the gridiron prediction game gridiron-magazine.com you can do your pickums there uh, some of the games we might talk about in a little less depth than this one but let's move on and talk about the biggest return in football this week a true hero returning to Philadelphia Pennsylvania as the Philadelphia Eagles face the Indianapolis Colts I am of course talking about Jordan Matthews I mean, I mean, who else would you have been talking about? Carson Wentz is back, guys. Oh, that guy. Carson yeah, okay. Wentz is back, and I know they won a Super Bowl without him, but legitimately, my new favourite word, Carson Wentz, to me, has the potential of a top three quarterback this season. The line looks great when they're fully fit. Jason Taylor should be back for this game. I, I, I think this is the moment the Eagles click into gear, and the Colts... I quite like, yeah, up front, Margus Hunt. Where was this guy yeah. in Cincinnati? He's been unbelievable for the Colts. I think they've done some really... Frank Reich has maybe done the best job of any coach in the opening couple of weeks of the season, of the new coaches. But I think they might be going into a Wentz buzzsaw. Are you not worried that they may have brought back Wentz a week or two too early because of how insipid... Nick Foles has looked. This was raised on on Twitter, and 
I think the fact is you're never going to know with this kind of injury until it happens, until uh, until the player goes into the game, until they play, until they take actual contact. You're never going to actually know whether or not it's fully back and fully healed. My belief is that we spoke with Mac Hollins three months ago and he said when he when Wentz was throwing to him in admittedly unpadded practices that you couldn't tell that he'd been out. He was like, I'm sorry, do quarterbacks get some kind of special surgery that means that they don't need to you know, do any extra healing? They get back three months, four months earlier than anyone else. So for all intents and purposes, he looks like he is back and ready to go. The problem is, is that going to be when you take, when Marcus Hunt comes at you, are you going to be still able to stand the pressure then? There is that. Um, I think also which what's going to affect the Eagles' offense is both Ajayi, Jeffrey, uh, Ajayi and uh, Darren Sproles didn't practice on Thursday. Obviously, we'll wait for the injury report Friday. Guys, check that out. But I think that's a, a big consideration. I know Wendell Smallwood will, will pick up some of the third down stuff and they've got Corey Clement who actually... I really, really like, mm-hmm. but I think that will affect if if either of those two are out. Maybe even Ajay because he's started. He's been a bit of a bell cow on first and second downs last That's far last week. I know Darren Sproles was the week before. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think this is as cut and dry as many people think. I think and, the and Colts you, might do something here. Would well, you know what's not been mentioned so far this season that? I, I, well, I think been undermentioned so far. Just how good Andrew Luck looked last week. He was really, really good last week, and so I'm saying there's a chance. But I just think the the the, the much improved from a coaching perspective defense. I think we could see the Eagles really bounce back this week. Let's go. I'm going Eagles. Are you taking the Colts or are you? You're umming and ahhing over. I can see it. I can see the what? pain on your face. If Ajay is fit, I'm taking the Eagles. If he's not fit, I'm taking the Colts. Right, let's uh, turn our attention to Washington with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers says that he's concerned the knee injury could get worse rather than better over time. But he had a decent game in the tie against the Vikings. They're now 1-0 and 1. Washington, tough second week out after a really impressive first performance. The Packers are favourites going into Washington. What do you fancy, Ollie? Come on, give us your, your Packers knowledge on this. Well, Washington were really, really poor last week. Really poor against the Colts. I think the only player that played well was Swearinger, DJ Swearinger, who managed to pick off Andrew Luck a couple of times. One of them was maybe on luck. The other one was a tipped ball, but up in the air and... Uh, Swearinger dived forwards and grabbed it. Defensively, they're looking okay. Offensively, yeah, Alex Smith wasn't great. But I, you can't really expect that two weeks in a row, I don't think. And Green Bay, over the last three or four seasons, have looked porous down the middle. I think Jordan Smith could have a really big game. Uh, sorry, Jordan Reed. Will have <laughs> I just a, who? I've just mixed Jordan. Yeah, Reed Jordan and Reed and Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. They might combine for a really big game. Combine so much that you're giving them a celebrity nickname. <laughs> exactly. I think they'll have a, a really good connection down the middle. Um, but there is the Aaron Rodgers factor. You, you're really flip flopping here. I'm going to say that the Packers go into Washington and do it, but. If Washington are going to win it, they need their front seven to play like they did in week one, and they need Alex Smith to look good. 
This is a flip, coin flip game, but I'm going to take the Packers. Yeah, I'll take the Packers as well. Beautiful. The San Francisco 49ers head to Arrowhead Stadium to face the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes with his 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, 582 yards, the best two-game starts to a season from any quarterback ever. Oh. Not just a rookie. Well, he's not really a rookie, I know, but... Yeah, a rookie starter going up against Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers, an up and down first two weeks of the season. The kind of the two factors here, which I think make this game more interesting than maybe the, the six and a half line suggests. First of all, is Pat Mahomes first home game, which is amazing. He's done that in two road games. Yeah. But the 49ers defense to Forrest Buckner, you've got um, uh, you've Fred got Warner. Ruben Foster back. Fred Warner playing as well as he is. I'm just saying, this is the best defence they've faced. I'm taking the Chiefs, but I think it will be a closer game than many expect because Jimmy Garoppolo will put points up on a bad Chiefs defence. That's it. The defence of the Chiefs is not good in any way. Um, again, <laughs> Is Eric Berry back this weekend? There was some chatter and noise that he was going to be because he's so key for them, in not just in terms of his personal play, but as a leader on the field and everything else. He's, he is a guy who can sway a game even without being the best player on the field. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I like the, the Chiefs because of their offence. If you match up the two offences, I think the offence, obviously the Chiefs' offence is, is purring at the moment. But the 49ers can do something. They've got Garoppolo, who who is really good. And that defence, as you said, is, 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 is tricksy. And I really like Matt Breida. So, Breida! Breeder, Breeder. So I'm going the Chiefs, but as I'm going to agree with you again, yet again, 49ers could push them closer. I think within a, a touchdown, within a score. Uh, which not a lot of people are predicting, and maybe we're being stupid doing so, but there we go. Uh, right, uh, there's, uh, like, there's a couple more, I think, interesting six o'clock kickoffs and a couple of slightly lamer ones, but let's uh, pick the pace up a little bit. As we head to Everbank Field in Jacksonville, where the Jags last week tonked thrashed, battered the New England Patriots. They're 2-0. and They're taking on the Tennessee Titans. This, to me, I know the Titans are much more fancied this year. Head coach and change everything else. Offensively, if they hadn't had the tri- trickery last week, they'd have really, really struggled. I think the Jags' defence will be too big for them. I'm taking the Jags. I'm taking the Jags, but from a Titans' point of view, the players that missed out last week... Uh, Jack Conklin and Taylor Luan on the offensive line. Are they both back? They both practised Wednesday. Oh. I haven't seen the Thursday report. Marcus Mariota also practised Wednesday, but it was limited. So, again, it will be close. I'm taking the Jags, obviously. I think they're <laughs> a far better team. But don't rule out the Titans if those players suit up and are factors on Sunday but Jags for me those tackles all do swing it for me a little bit if you know what I mean swing tackle it's an NFL joke yeah. uh, <laughs> got, it. got it I didn't like it Bank of America Stadium the AFC champions elect Cincinnati Bengals heading to face the Carolina Panthers no we're not going with that they might have been the best team in the AFC through the first two weeks Ooh, I, I like that I like that they were they were pretty good against the Colts, on the road against the Colts. And at home, you can't... I really like them at home against the Ravens. And I thought um, they bullied the Ravens. The Ravens, who had a bit of a, sh- a jump up in class after destroying... Oh, no, no. The Chiefs have been the best team in the AFC. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I've yeah, forgotten yeah. about the Chiefs. But they're not great defensively. The Bengals might have been the best all-round team Overall, in the AFC so far. What? Over the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were really good 
Oh, they did do well offensively last week. Against Cleveland. They're the best team in the AFC North so far this season. We should poll it. Top three. Yeah. Um, if well, we poll it, no one will vote for the Bengals. No one. Because they're unpopular. I like the Bengals. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Bengals. There's no Joe Mixon. Is that still the case? I think oh, that's still going to be the case for two to four weeks, isn't I it? I think that's the case. But Ooh, that makes me concerned. Also, we're in Carolina. Carolina has really suffered with um, with st- Hurricane Florence. Often teams come together for the community and kind of put it on their shoulders to to give the community something good to think about. Something, something you know, they'll, they'll be playing for the that ravaged. Um, that ravaged state in North Carolina as well. I think the Carolina Panthers do this because of that, because of the emotion, and the Bengals won't be able to live with them. So I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to take the Bengals in a surprise win. I'm just, you know, if I'm going to say they were the best team in the AFC, which they've not been, but I threw it out there. People laughed at me. People took the mick out of me. Then I walked back on it very quickly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But do you know what? I'm going to take them on the road. No, no, I'm not. I'm lying. I'm going to take the Panthers. I'm switching it. <laughs> no, Joe Mixon just kills it. No, let's, it just kills it for me. Let's go to Minnesota. They oh, are, are we? Are are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixteen and a half point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. We, but we had at least one more good game to talk about. No, I want to go to Minnesota. Oh, <laughs> Please, can we talk about the one more good game before we get into the three bad ones? No, 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 no. Let's go to Minnesota and let's save the good one to the end. Okay, fine. Minnesota. Minnesota. They're going to destroy the Bills. By even more than 16 and a half points. It's going to be a battering, a hammering, an I think absolute slobber knocker. I think it could be a 30-point destruction. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think it's going to be... Woof! I think it's going to be massive. Right, so, let's move on. Giants-Texans. <laughs> two teams who are fancied as outside chances at the playoffs. The Texans more because they're in the AFC. Uh, the Giants because of that stonking offence. The offence did nothing against the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> last week and have nothing on the offensive line and made us sit through that dross for three hours. It was the worst game we've ever had on TalkSport. That's really saying something. The worst Sunday night football game we've had. I think it, I think easily. And man, we tried to build it up and we kept it going for at least three quarters. What we didn't talk about, which I think we talked about on the last podcast, is just the Giants not taking a quarterback. They are looking more and more ridiculous. I think Eli should by walk the away. I, honestly, just, I, just, just walk off just, into the sunset. Just go, bring in someone else, anyone else. Eli, you are dreadful. Just I, go. I am just going to highlight our game in uh, in two weeks' time. Go on, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh no! At the Houston Texans. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know. I'm I'm taking the Texans because I can't imagine the Giants ever winning a football game after that performance last weekend. I'm sure they'll be better than they were, but. Yeah, Houston to get their first win of the season. Giants fall to 0-3 for me. Yeah, Texans for me. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Will Fuller V. The Oakland Raiders <laughs> going to the Miami Dolphins. The 0-2 Raiders at the 2-0 Dolphins. Matt Sherry is taking the Raiders in this one. And he's taking the Raiders, saying that this was his wording to Josh when we were doing our Red Zone preview. The Dolphins have fallen into wins. They're nowhere as near as good as anyone thinks they are. The Raiders will beat them this week. Wow. Uh the Raiders traditionally struggle when they have to cross to these In a big way. I don't see... Uh, there was a small improvement against the Broncos from John Gruden's side, but I don't like the Raiders in any way. The 3-0 and Miami Dolphins. Wow. That's really <laughs> surprised me, I have to say, but I'm going with them as well. By the way, John Gruden, stop trolling your own fans. It's pathetic. 
literally coming out in a press conference saying, it's hard to find good pass rushers. Are you kidding me? I'm not a fan. You're a joke. I'm not a fan of the man. Uh, the last six o'clock game, and I like this one. I like it. <laughs> Sorry we made it till last. The Denver Broncos at M&T Bank to face the Ravens. The Ravens are massive five and a half point favourites. Lindsley! I, yeah, Philip Lindsley, Royce Freeman, between them, the leading backfield in the NFL, both of them rookies. Devontae Booker can't even get a look in. Uh, and uh, traditionally, Broncos with rookie running backs have done dreadfully. Trust me, my fantasy team are fully aware of that. But Case Keenum was hidden by that team last week, and it took a late field goal to beat the Raiders. I, this is, I know they're 2 and 0. But I think they're a 2-0 and based on a great defence and a little bit wobbly still on offence. I think this is going to be a low-scoring Baltimore Ravens win. Yeah, I have to agree. I do like Philip Lindsay, not Lindsley. I apologise. Yeah, who's Lindsley? I don't know. I, but um, I, the, the Broncos receivers have looked okay. Sanders and Demarius Thomas after, especially Thomas, a, a drop-off last season. But yeah, I, I prefer the Ravens in this. I think they'll bounce back. And maybe under the table from yeah, there. I liked it. <laughs> a ten-point win for the Ravens. For right, me. coming up, one of Joe Tooney, Luke Wilson, or maybe both of them. Plus, we'll look at the nine o'clock kickoffs in Sunday night and Monday night football. Are you listening to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips? NFL Game Pass is the ultimate way to watch games, highlights and NFL programs where and when you want. Miss your favourite team live each week or tune in to... No, watch your favourite team live each week or tune in to NFL Red Zone to never miss a touchdown. Can't watch live? Download highlights. That's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We miss your favourite team. If you miss them. If you miss them, you shouldn't. Download highlights direct to your phone or tablet and catch up on the go. It's what I've started doing. Downloading them onto my phone, watching them on the tube into work, watching the 30 or the 45. It's meant to be the 30-minute games and they're all about 40, 45 minutes, but that's perfect for my journey in. Well, um, also, you can download the whole game, though. You can oh, you also can do that. Do the three-hour version with all yeah. the the adverts and everything, which is great because I love American adverts. There's always great NFL programs being added to the video library, and the NFL Network is streamed twenty-four-seven, three-six-five. Get in on the action. Check out NFLGamePass.com to start your seven-day free trial. Do it. Nine o'clock kickoffs, Ollie. Before we get to Sunday night football, and it's the battle for Los Angeles as the Chargers go into the Coliseum to take on the Rams. It was a packed Coliseum last week. We've got a Chargers team who, in the first half of last week, looked like one of the best offenses in football. Rivers slinging it around. Melvin Gordon with a hat trick of touchdowns. Los Angeles, all those great offensive weapons, great talent on both defenses. This, I think, as a matchup this weekend is the most talent within 106 players that we're seeing anywhere. This is an LA derby to die for. I love it. I lo- honestly, Le derby. Le derby. This is a great game. Great game. Two really good offences. One really good defence. Another good defence. I, I, I think the... I'm going to take the Rams, but I love this game. It's such a good game that Sky have broken tradition and decided to have this game as their game to play even though it starts at 9.05 which I'm sure there'll be a bit of overlap with the Saints Falcons game which is their early game but that, I mean if, if we look at the other two games we can understand why well this but. is it it's doubly amazing because Cowboys Seahawks is two of the most supported teams in the UK it's not going to be a great game of football I don't think but it could be quite a tight game of football yeah that is amazing, and I think high scoring despite the quality on the defences, and I'm going to take the Rams. I'm taking the Rams, but this game is going to be an absolute doozy. 
Londuze. Londuze. Oui. There's no doubt the Chargers have the better quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams. Stop trying to talk yourself out of it, Gavin. Uh, right, the Dallas Cowboys travel to CenturyLink to take on the 0-2 Seahawks. We talked about this on the last show. Russell Wilson, incredibly up and down last week, made his some usual unbelievable plays, but then moments when he really struggled. Dallas get the win against the Giants at home, but go back on the road. Dallas are a team that they have enough elements to be good, but whilst that offensive line is still a problem, what happened last Sunday was they schemed. Those first couple of drives were fantastic. The touchdown drive obviously was a really well-run play for the big 70-yard, 75-yard completion. Great throw, great catch, everything about that. But then the field goal drive was far more impressive. We saw a load of read option stuff. We saw mm. them being just a, a bit more intelligent, a, doing a bit more with it, a bit more creative. And then once they got through those first kind of 30 scripted plays, they went back to being pretty vanilla and didn't put up many points until the fourth quarter. So that would be my concern. I'm going to say... In the most coin-flippy of coin-flippy games this week, the Seahawks get off the board at home. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think Russell Wilson, despite what you say, did show some flashes at the end of the game. I just said he had... It was up and down. It's just no... Everyone refuses to recognise the down part of the up and down. That's my beef. What you say off air to me. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I like... I love Russ. I hate the nickname. I love Russell. Um... I really like dangerous. Tyler. I really like Tyler Lockett. Guys, so dangerous. I think he's stepping up with that the, throw was banging with Doug Baldwin being out. The touch on Russell Wilson's throws was was really really nice. And lest us let us not forget Will Disley, the tight end who replaced Luke Wilson uh, out in Seattle, the, the rookie. But yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Seahawks, and I don't think it's a coin flip. I think the Seahawks do it. Pretty convincingly. If you're struggling for a tight end in your fantasy league and you pick up Mr. Disley, just a, a great fantasy name for you, New Phone Who Disley. Just, it's a good fantasy league name. Thought say, of it the other say day. Say it again. It's funny. New Phone Who Disley. Okay. You know New Phone Who Dis? It's a meme? No. no? All right. Ollie showing his sexy, sexy age. The Chicago what, Bears. What's, sorry, what's the, a meme? The Chicago, <laughs> the Chicago Bears are playing the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Oh. Doesn't matter. This in Arizona, does it? No, because the Cardinals are rubbish. <laughs> I mean, rubbish. Do you know what? And I'm start gonna... Rosen. Start Rosen. Yeah, Actually, to... do you know what? Don't start Rosen. Don't make Josh <laughs> not, Rosen no, not... face Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, <laughs> and Leonard Floyd his first week. <laughs> All schemed by Vic Fangio his first week at quarterback. Smith. Oh, oh God! No. Don't yeah. do it. In fact. Put, if you're going to put money on, don't bet on anything. But Rosen will start next week because either Bradford will be uh, mentally incapable, physically incapable, or or just pulled because he had a dreadful game. Seahawks at home, and the Seahawks have lost everyone but Earl Thomas. So yeah, I'm save him for that game. I'm taking the Bears. Uh, yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking the Bears. <laughs> Please take the Cardinals. Just never t- it would be funny. Do you know what? I actually really like watching the Bears. I've, I think they're interest, really interesting on defense. I've, I love Khalil Mack. Also, James Dixon keeps trying to offer me the worst trades for Khalil Mack in our dynasty league. I took an actual trade from James Dixon this week. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure I felt about it. Chris Godwin for Alfred Morris. I need a running back, he needs a wide receiver. My wide receiver's in front of Chris Godwin. He's never going to get in the team. And Dixon's doing it off the basis of Ryan Fitzmagic being amazing for two weeks. We're talking about our fantasy teams. Shouldn't do that. People don't like it. Apologies. Right, let's get to our interviews, or interview, or maybe no interviews. We will leave a gap here, (laughs) and then we'll see. Ollie could let us down, we never know. Didn't we already do the gap for the interviews? No, we did the gap for the... uh, We did the gap for the adverts in the middle of the podcast. Apologies. (laughs) Now is interview gap time here comes interview gap time let's see who we got so we managed to get Detroit Lions I keep wanting to say Tigers but the Detroit Lions tight end Luke Wilson I began by asking him with Sunday night football just three days away what kind of things is he and the team up to is it full practice walkthroughs is it study weights so what's going on for him and the team in the lead up to such a big game yeah I mean that's pretty standard across the league uh I mean, I haven't been on too many different teams, but from the guys I know, Wednesday, Thursday are your uh, two heavier practices. Friday is still a pretty good practice. Uh, Saturdays when you get your walkthrough, kind of cross your T's, dot your I type thing, and then uh, Sunday go play. So, uh, again, as far as I know, everybody kind of works that schedule. Obviously, uh, some teams are a little different when it comes to some of the details, but that's a general uh, guideline, I would say, to this league. How's your first few months as a Detroit Lion been? Oh, it's been great, man. I mean, uh, I'm excited for this Sunday, kind of get back on track. Obviously, we're not where we want to be, but leave that all behind and uh, get going here. You know, it's still very early, so it's been fun to be back home, uh, you know, kind of being from this area somewhat. Obviously, different country, but close by. Yeah. Uh, and But it's been great, and I'm, I'm hoping that this Sunday we uh, have a great performance. It's under the lights. The nation, the world is watching. We've got it live on Talk Sport. Do players take notice of things like that, Sunday night football? Is it a big deal for, for you guys? Uh, you know, maybe for some guys. Um, I'm kind of a big believer that every game is a big deal, especially when you only play 16 of them. So that being said, it is cool, yeah, Sunday night football. Like you said, it's nationally televised. Uh, but it that stuff is just a distraction to me at the end of the day. I mean, we got a job to go do. We play in uh, the Patriots, and whether it's – on a Thursday, on a Monday, on a Sunday, Sunday night, you know, we got to go out there and execute our plays. So at this stage, you know, especially for me, uh, being going into year six here, mm. uh, the whole like national television thing's kind of lost its lackluster and it's about winning games. So we got to get that job done. Business. That's what it's like. Uh, yeah. n- new head coach for you and the organization in Matt Patricia, expatriate as well. How have you found him compared to Big Pete? Uh, you know, there are different styles, but at the end of the day, they, they preach uh, they preach competition, uh, both, you know, very intense. And like I said, they both have their own kind of uh, mannerisms and, and how they, what they believe in. But, you know, the, the underlying foundation is competition and competing and going out there and, and practicing hard. So, uh, again, I don't want to compare one to the other because obviously they're different people. Mm-hmm. But I think that you'll see, I think in any business, you know, most uh, – most of the most of the successful uh, people really have that uh, competition kind of driving them. There's been some rumours of some players not liking his methods. You're going to hopefully debunk that. That that's not the case, is it? No, no. We're all uh, you know we're all bought in over here and working hard and trying to uh, get this thing turned around. Absolutely, Matt Stafford, your new QB. How is he different to work with than Russell Wilson? How have you found working with him? You know, it's a completely different offense, so it's tough to compare the two. Um, and 
you know, I've really enjoyed Matt so far. This guy's very cerebral. He's very accountable. I'm not saying Russell wasn't those things, just, you know, from my mm-hmm. situation personally right now. Uh, Matt has been really awesome as a leader, a competitor, and uh, he's obviously tremendously talented. I, I really think the world of the guy, so it's been great, uh, you know, trying to pick his brain and just kind of get on the same page as him. Now, you were part of the Seahawks team that lost uh, to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Firstly, are you still thinking, run it, run it, Marshawn? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That's behind me now. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um yeah. I mean, if I could go back in time, obviously we would have scored there. But uh, that's, again, that's been a few years back now. So uh, I got to kind of focus on the now and maybe when I'm a little older and uh, I can look back and think about all that stuff. Well, you you guys exercised, exercised a few demons a couple of years later, a couple of years ago from, from now when you beat them anyway. But they're always a tricky opponent. Uh, what what do you expect from them on Sunday? You know, I think I expect they're going to be a really uh, tough, fundamentally sound team that does a lot of, uh, you know, different things on both offense and defense. But at the end of the day, they're just a kind of a tough, hard-nosed team. And I think the world of uh, what they're doing over here, they put some great film out even this year. I mean, obviously last week didn't go the way they planned, but they got some tremendous players. Uh, they they execute very well and that's why they've had such success over the years so we got to be uh ready to match that toughness and intensity and uh just just one catch for you this season so far are you disappointed is there anything there that you put in particular to put it down to or is it just like the change of offense and you're just finding your feet in 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 that offense as your your role in that offense yeah i don't know i uh, don't really have an answer for you on that um i mean disappointed obviously everybody wants to catch more balls even if i had 30 catches i'd be hoping for more you know so uh that's just kind of the nature of the how playing tight end receiver works but uh you know hopefully i'll uh, get some more opportunities kind of coming my way here soon and we won't be talking about it listen luke thank you ever so much for taking the time out to talk to us and uh, good luck on on sunday i oh, appreciate it thank you i'm joined by offensive lineman for the New England Patriots ahead of our game on Sunday, Sunday night football with uh, the Pats at the Lions, Joe Tooney. I've pronounced that correctly, haven't I, Joe? Yes, the H is silent. Most people mess that up, so I'm very impressed. So well, thank you. Good start already. Well, that's it. That's great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, one on one, a defeat against the the Jags last week. It's not often that the the Pats go two games in a row losing so what's what have you guys done differently this week to make sure that that doesn't happen come Sunday come Sunday night you know I think we just um you know we took a look at the game film you know we learned what what mistakes we made we, we saw what we did what we did well what we didn't do well and um I think we're just really learning from that game and trying to put one foot in front of the other and um, you know, correct those mistakes you know better execution better communication um, just a better team effort so um, you know, we're all focused on the Lions here and um, just trying to, you know, put a good performance out on Sunday. Now, as a lineman, it doesn't get much more difficult than taking on Houston Texans. First time up with Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless. And then you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars last weekend who, I mean, their their defense is absolutely stacked. You guys on that line uh, have had a really difficult job the first two couple of weeks in keeping uh, Tom Brady upright. Yeah, I mean, you know, each week in the NFL, it's a new challenge. You know, there's there's really no drop. There's no, you know, off week. Every team has, you know, really good athletes, really good players, um, great defenses. So, 
you know, each week brings a new challenge. So um, we just got to take, you know, one week at a time. Can't look too far ahead or look behind. Just got to stay in the moment and, uh, you know, work on, you know, executing the best we can that week. As a journalist and as a, as a football fan, we always find it incredible that each week Bill Belichick seems to have a different plan, a different ploy of how to maybe get a, a particular running back here or a particular running back there open and, and such like. Is it difficult as a as an offensive lineman to keep up with what Bill um, and the rest of the rest of the coaching staff want you guys to do to to create those holes and create those th- those gaps for? Rex Burkhead or James White or et al to go through? Yeah, I mean, um, for, you know, for me personally, I just, you know, I try and stay in my lane and just, um, you know, do what I'm told and do what I've been coached to do. And, you know, we have some great coaches who, you know, really um, get the game plan across and uh, communicate with us really well what, what they want to happen. And, um, so, you know, it's, it's all up to those practice days to try and execute and, uh, you know, perform well and, um, you know, just try and follow the instructions and, and execute. That's what it really comes down to. Absolutely. So we saw against the Jags that uh, Tom Brady, um, he wasn't his happiest self, shall we say. Has he a bit, been a bit more relaxed uh, in this week leading up to, to Sunday Night Football? Um, you'll have to ask him. I'm not sure. You know, I, <laughs> I, just, I just know how I'm feeling and stuff, so you'll have to ask him. Okay, fair enough. Uh, next time, uh, I'll, I'll text him. I've, we're, we're, we're personal friends. <laughs> there, you go, <laughs> there we yeah. go. Uh, big news for for the organization. Josh Gordon has come in, uh, to, uh, come into the building, as it were. Uh, was he was he out at practice today and uh, taking some first team reps? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I was just I was with the offensive lines. Um, you know, it's hard. It's, I had my you know blinders on, so I was just <laughs> um, you know work with them. So that's that was what I was doing. How impressed have you been with your defense? Because you've got to come up against those guys in practice, and I thought they were superb against the Texans. Actually, surprisingly superb for some people, probably not for you guys. So, how have you felt that the defensive line and the pressure that they're getting to? especially to Sean Watson week one, how do you think those guys have been playing? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, our defense is, is great. You know, we go, we go against them in practice, you know, camps every day in practice. And, um, so, you know, we really get a good feel for those guys over there. And, you know, they're all really, really skilled and um, they work really hard and play well together. So, you know, it's a challenge every day of practice, but, you know, I think it makes everyone better. And, um, you know, that just helps our team. So um, you've got the Lions coming up on uh, on Sunday Night Football. It's live here on Talk Sport. What kind of what kind of um, difficulties do you think they'll they'll give you on the offensive line and perhaps uh, you guys as a team? Yeah, I mean they've got a, a nice combination of size and speed. You know they're um, you know they're a physical team. They they play hard. Um, you can tell that just watching the film. So um, you know it's going to be a you know a really good game. We got to you know play together, play well, um, play hard for 60 minutes. And, um, you know, so it's going to be a great challenge for us. You barely miss a game. In fact, I don't think you have missed a game in a couple of years. What do you put that down to personally? Um, you know, I just, I, I'm not sure. I try and, you know, you know, stay on top of my body, make sure it's feeling okay. And, um, you know, do, you know, prehab or rehab or, um, but I just try and stay on top of all that and, you know, try and eat well and get my sleep at night. But, um, you've just been fortunate and just, um, you know, just try and give, give my body the best chance it can to, um, you know, excel and be successful on the field. 
How do you think you're playing so far this year? It's difficult for us as I'm a five foot five, um, 114 pound guy. So I don't know. I, I don't know the the minutiae of an offensive line play. Yeah. How do you think you um, personally you know, are playing? There's always, you know, room for improvement, you know, so um, I'm just focused on, you know, just trying to get better, a little better each week and, um, you know, limiting the mistakes I make, you know, so. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, just, just trying to get a little better each week and, there's always room for improvement. And I know you're a very busy man, so this is uh, this is my last one. Um, North Carolina, you're from from the area where you went to university there as a wolf pack, yeah. and it, it's been devastated uh, by Hurricane Florence. Yeah. How how much is that in your thoughts over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, fortunately, when I was there, my time in North Carolina, we didn't experience anything remotely close to this, so I can only imagine what they're going through, but. Um, you know, I just received nothing but, you know, um, great hospitality down there, just great people in, North, in the Carolinas, you know, in the South in general. So, you know, my heart goes out to them. You know, I've um, been thinking about them a lot and, you know, texting some former teammates. So, um, yeah, just I hope I hope everything goes well down there and the recovery can be quick and efficient. And just very quickly, I know it's, it, it's uh, Sunday night football under the lights. The nation, the world is watching. As a, as a player, does that, does that, does that figure... I mean, do you realize that, 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 that the spotlight is on you or is it just business as usual? I think, um, you know, when we get on that field, you know, everyone just kind of locks in and, you know, folks in on that moment and just kind of, you know, it's 11 on 11 in that moment. And that's all I think people are thinking about. So, um, you know, once you step on that field, you kind of just zero in and, uh, yeah. Brilliant. Joe, thank you ever so much for joining us and uh, good luck for I have Sunday. one question for you, though. Yeah, go ahead. What did you think about this week's Champions League first round uh, matches? Who's oh, the biggest surprise winner? Man, um, I thought the the Liverpool game was incredible. What a what that an amazing awesome. game of football! Three uh, two, right? Three two, last minute winner, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I I thought Man City were really disappointing. Yeah, lost at home. What are they, they doing? I, th- I think they really dropped the ball. Man United going yeah. away and playing on a on a, a pitch that you guys are probably more used to playing on on a field that you guys are more used to playing on rather than grass. I thought that was a really yeah. good result. Um, oh yeah, man, I'm so I'm, yeah. I'm delighted the Champions League is back. What's uh, who's your soccer team? What soccer team do you support? You know, it's it's hard for me to choose one. Um, I I really like watching like you know Champions League. It was great. They separated the two. You know, um, on Tuesday and Wednesday they had the twelve fifty five game here and the three o'clock games. So you could watch you know two games in one day, which was really nice. Which is great. Um, yeah, which was yeah, which I thought was great. But I know I've always kind of pulled for Man United, but I, you know I like so many other teams. Just fun to watch quality soccer. You know. Well, they say over here that Man United is the the uh, New England. Patrick equivalent uh, football team so yeah uh, they don't have that many fans uh, unless you're a Man United fan uh, which of the of which there are plenty of them and plenty of New England fans over here as well so listen dude thanks uh, thanks ever so much and good luck Sunday enjoy Champions League in a couple of weeks time as well thank you I really appreciate nice talking to you wow I thought Joe Tooney Luke Wilson both of them were really interesting. None of them. <laughs> I, I, I do that because I'm going to edit it in and out oh, right, later. Right, right, right. But I won't. I'll forget. Yeah. And you'll just hear all three. <laughs> uh, it, they were coming on to preview the New England Patriots at the Detroit Lions. The Patriots obviously just coming off a horrible road loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But the Lions, despite the 14-point comeback and being very unlucky against the 49ers with a 
bullshit defensive call against them on a Jimmy Garoppolo inception, which should have been allowed to stand. <laughs> that comeback isn't enough for me. And the Patriots defense being terrible against the Jags isn't enough for me to not think that Bill Belichick et al. will get a good performance out of their team this week. They're six and a half points favourites, the Patriots. Mm. Uh, is that too is that too big? It might be. I like this is a tighter game yeah. than I think many will respect it to be. I think yeah, I think it's a tighter game than many will respect it to be because I do think that Stafford, outside of that horrible first half or first three quarters against the Jets, looked pretty decent last week against the 49ers, who are a better defence. Uh, than the Patriots and came back and did score 27 points and got two touchdowns late on when the 49ers took their foot off the gas a little bit. Patriots aren't in their own building either. They've got to go to Ford Field for this. There's just there's enough there that makes me think the Lions will be competitive, but I just can't see the Patriots laying back-to-back eggs. I think I'm going to take the Lions here. Here we go. I, I don't think they can be as bad as they were. They will as you said, they they got better against the 49ers. And I think, a lot of people liked the Lions to be a, a, a force this season. Well, I did as well. I I think. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I think they'll get better. Patricia knows that New England team. He knows especially the offense. He knows what what they do with the running backs. Maybe Bill Belichick has kept something back for this game, particularly knowing that he's going up against Matt Patricia. Detroit haven't got anything going on the on on the ground, but through the air, Kenny Golladay is their best wide receiver now, and it's not even close. I really, really like him. I'm going to take the Lions. That's a man who you loved, Marvin Jones, and the other one, I Golden don't re- Tate. I've never really liked Golden Tate, but Marvin Jones I did like. But Golladay's looked a better catcher, a better man once he's caught the ball yards after catch. I just, he's looked really, really, really good. So someone on podcast picks against Patriot Shock, bigger shock, not will. Okay, I get it. We're locked in. Final game of the weekend, Monday Night Football. The 0-1-1 Pittsburgh Steelers facing the 2-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, averaging over 400 yards in the air, eight touchdowns to one interception for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And And a rushing touchdown. Let's not forget that as well. He is dangerous on his feet. He is dangerous on his feet. I, I... Old man Fitzmagic. Do you know what? Fitzmagic, you have made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers relevant. Whoa. He has. Despite the dreadful uniforms, he has made them relevant. He's made them interesting to watch. I love everything that he does about... uh, I love everything that he's doing over in Tampa Bay. Just keep going. So, I'm a sorry. I wondered what it was. I'm a I'm a really big fan. The Conor McGregor thing, wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes, sunglasses indoors, finding his receivers. OJ Howard is starting to play. Woo! I didn't know that was coming. Uh, so yeah, I'm taking the Buccaneers. I really wanted to be like, I'm going to be a hipster and take the Buccaneers in this one. But you know what? The Steelers, Antonio Brown and his beef this week, and it did lead our conversation earlier in the week. uh, It did end up leading to discipline against Antonio Brown when he didn't bother turning up on Monday. Left Bell with his issues. And there's sneakily more beef between uh, Antonio Brown and Big Ben. If you look back over the past couple of seasons, they didn't get on over the anthem stuff. Just think there's so much wrong on that offense right now. And it's one of those weeks where if I'm trying to pick up a game later in the season, I'm like, no, this is 
this is where everyone will pick the bucks because of the first two weeks but i think they'll turn it around but do you know what i believe I'm also taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Both of us taking them. Ridiculous. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? I'm going to go and say it. I'm starting to like their uniforms. Uh, Right, now you're a disgrace. Right, you're gone. Your mic's off. Uh, No, you're not allowed back on anymore. You literally, that's your last ever words on this podcast were, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniforms with the digital clock numbers. Are you mad? I'd rather bring the creamsicles back. Bring me back. No. Bring me back. No. I just want to apologise to you. I don't want to apologise. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you actually got me then. You legitimately got me. Right. Uh, thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, it's been really good fun, as always. Um, do give us some feedback on Twitter. First of all, review the podcast on iTunes and wherever you get it, because it gets it to more ears, and that's re- we really appreciate it. If you tweet about the podcast as well, tell more people. Yeah, the NFL is growing exponentially in this country, and, and we love what we do and want to keep bringing it to you. So please, please, please get more people involved. Uh, not that I want to sound like I'm begging or anything. Uh, and uh, yeah you can hear me and Ollie on Sunday Night Football from midnight on Sunday bringing you that Patriots-Lions games Ollie any final thoughts? No Well let's go to Warren then from RedZoneSports.bet for the latest odds for this weekend So joined now by Warren from RedZoneSports.bet Warren I mean the main thing is the Browns have won a game of football so essentially all bets are well not off but on for this weekend I, I, I mean, I'm sure you've already covered this, but I, I stayed up, watched the game. I thought he was brilliant, uh, I, and the the atmosphere around the Browns when he when he came on. I, I think Tyra Taylor might have been putting on that injury a little bit much. He was getting booed, and uh, suddenly it, it suited him to get out of the game as well. But no, I, I thought um, Baker Mayfield was yeah sensational actually, and uh, and it's quite exciting times. I think it's going to be a remember where you are moment, genuinely, or remember where you were, not are. Mm. I guess it's the same day. We'll go with R. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was on my sofa in my pyjamas at four o'clock in the morning, but I don't know where you were. You were, you were in talk sport, that's probably why. <laughs> well, I, so I, I managed to know, I was at home, I managed to nod off during the second quarter I woke up and it was 14-3 and I was like oh the Browns have got on the board brilliant and then it came up at half time and I'm like what Baker Mayfield's in the game what and I had to rewind it and watch like the last five minutes of the second quarter and then obviously I didn't fall back asleep again because I was far too excited about the Baker Mayfield revolution so yeah um, you'll hear it if you listen to the podcast there is a very ropey recording of me at about five in the morning uh, it's a little bit delirious uh, reviewing the game. Uh, but I look forward to it. <laughs> we're here now. That's the main thing. Let's look forward to the weekend's primetime action and kick off with the NFC South. It's Hate Saints Week. It's Hate Falcons Week. Uh, how are we seeing this game in uh, in the eventual home of the Super Bowl? Well, the line is 2.5. So um, Atlanta Falcons, minus 2.5 at home. Um, but I like the Saints to win the game, to be quite honest with you. I think last week the Falcons were able to focus on McCaffrey. But this week they've got to defend against Kamara. They've got Michael Thomas out of the slot. They've still got Ted Ginn Jr. down um, down the field. And all that time, they, all this time they've got to still deal with rushing the passer, which is going to be harder for them because they've just lost their defensive end, um, or he's likely to be out. 
And I think the Saints are a better defence than they've shown so far this season. Um, and also the Falcons are losing their guard and I think that's going to hurt their protection. So I, I'm, I'm, I would go for the Saints to win the game at 6-5 to five and not even worry about the 2.5 points. That would be the bet I would do. Nice. No, I'm, I love the confidence on it. And I like the Saints as well with those Falcons uh, defensive issues, as I was saying to Wally earlier. So, yeah, I am absolutely all in on that one. Let's uh, move on to my, my favourite of the uh, of, of the evening games this weekend. Um, Chargers at Rams. I mean, the Battle of LA, two great offences, lots of talent on defence, a real slobber knocker looking of a game. Yeah, well, I don't understand what's happened with the line here. You know, you, the line makers, our, our, our traders and traders around the world open up and it's 4.5 lines. So you, you back the home team, the, the Rams at minus four and a half. The line's now moved to seven. Uh, and, and I, I don't see what's changed. Yes, money will move a line and, and, and bookmakers like us will defend ourselves when we're starting to get, get bets come in. But the Chargers plus seven, I, I think that's a, that's a bet because I think the Rams defense, everybody loves the Rams defense, but they're yet to play a good offense. And Rivers is, is, is I think, playing the football of his career. He's, he's, he's quick thinking and he's accurate. And so I think he's going to be able to cope with whatever Donald and Sue, like, you know, bring at him. And the Rams themselves, defensively, although they're, although they're great, they do leave the middle of the field fairly open. And I think, um, you know, the Chargers and Rivers are going to be able to hit Keenan Allen or, or their running backs and, and they're going to be able to, to, to move the ball on the Rams. Um, and I think also themselves when they're in defence uh, you know Goff's not great under pressure and I, and I think Gus Bradley's going to be a little bit creative with some of his uh, uh, safety blitzes and, and, I, and I think he's going to try and disrupt Goff and for that reason I would be taking the Chargers plus seven Yeah I, I hope that they do get creative because the one concern is that cover three defence that Gus Bradley plays is one that when you've got a lot of deep threats which they've now obviously added with Cooks as well can be exploited but my my belief is that it won't be. I think the Chargers will keep this tighter than the line suggests. I'm with you on that one as well. Uh, Sunday night football, Pats at Lions. Now, the Patriots haven't lost back-to-back games in something like four and a half years. And the Lions aren't a very good football team. Feels like this one should be quite heavy favourited towards the Patriots. Well, the Patriots are seven-point favourites, but I, I wouldn't be touching that. Um, you know, I, I don't trust... The Detroit Lions enough to to back them plus seven. I should I should add, but um, you know I, I think that um, you know Matt uh, Matt Patricia's there. He obviously knows uh, the the Patriots inside out. The Lions themselves aren't aren't clicking very well at all. Um, they look a pretty poor shadow of 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 themselves, um, and they've not been that great over the last few years. The Lions fifty three point five. I'd be going under that to be quite honest with you. Yes, they've got Josh Gordon, but let's face it, this guy is is not the brightest uh, bulb in the ceiling or sharpest <laughs> tool in the box. He's he's only played eleven games in four years. They said last night on the, on the broadcast, and you get and you know, and most of that has been through suspensions because the man is an idiot. So how is he going to come in and pick up the Patriots' offense in in a week? He'll be there as a decoy um, but I, I, I would yeah I reckon I reckon the Patriots will win I reckon they probably will cover but I wouldn't be putting any money on it I'd rather go for the under 53.5 uh, and take it from there 
So we're saying Josh Gordon more Chad Ochocinco at the Patriots than Randy Moss. I think that's the direction we're going with this. Um, And then I love Monday Night Football this week. This is a fantastic and fascinating game. Bucks at 2-0 at home. Welcome the Steelers at 0-1-1. And do you know what? I quite fancy the Bucks to, to inflict another defeat on Pittsburgh. I, I, look, I, I was speaking, you know, I, I speak to our traders before coming to this show and, I, and they, they were saying the same thing to me. They were, they, they, th- they think the line's wrong. You know, they're, they, you know, they're, they're considering being brave and, and going out on a limb and maybe moving it a little bit because um, Tampa should be favourites. You know, they, they should be. They're, Fitzpatrick's looked absolutely sensational. I, I wonder whether he's going to be sort of the case Keenum of this year. You know, the, the backup that comes in the guy you can't drop you know it's he's the journeyman quarterback that's maybe going to have a great season because um i think you know i think the steelers have got troubles on defense okay um they're getting joe harden back but you know that their secondary is porous and and i think that the tampa receivers are just a mismatch for them and um i i think they'll be able to to score and i think pittsburgh are going to be able to score in tampa as well um but the, you know the Bucks are the better team right now, and so if you want to back the Bucks plus two, you could do that. I'd go for, personally. I'd go for a Tampa win. Tampa win is eleven to ten, and you can also go for over fifty-three points. They'll be the two bets I'd in the game. Beautiful, Warren. Anything else from this weekend? Catch your eye. Uh, catch my eye. Games wise, well, be, everyone's sort of interested to see what uh, Carson Wentz is going to do when he goes back at when he's back under the uh, uh, centre in uh, in Philadelphia um, I, uh, I I think I've picked the Eagles for my last man this this week so um, oh, I'm, I'm hope yeah it's I'm, I'm hoping that he's uh, he's going to hit the ground running but um, uh, I that's the one I'm interested in. I also think the Giants going to the Texans, Giants plus uh, plus six. I think that's a that's a good bet myself as well. I mean, I always like a high. Give me a load of points. I always like it. I, Giants, yeah, they may be a little bit weak in in some areas defensively, and I, I I was singing their praises defensively a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. But you know, they've looked a little vulnerable. But I still think they've got the weapons to to live with a Texans team that's stuttering themselves. And so I would like that as plus six as well, I think is a, is a fairly decent bet. Brilliant stuff, Warren. Really appreciate your time. And as always, over 18s only, head to redzonesports.bet and please gamble responsibly.